messengers are always excited about testimonies, and this episode is no exception. Mark and Leanne Trussell are the youth leaders at the Father's House in Decatur, Texas, and they're here to share what God has done in their lives through the ups and downs of this life. They'll explain that if you continue to trust in God regardless of the circumstances, then you will always come out victorious with Jesus on your side and on the inside. Marcus and Trisha and we are the messengers and today we have another great show it's not an actual show no not really no it's but testimonies testimonies we have uh, two more people from our church that have some phenomenal testimonies to share with you today and uh, you know we, we prayed before we started and we just we just we know that uh, it, this is gonna touch somebody's life out there today they're gonna hear this and say hey I'm going through the same thing Right. And, but but if they can get through it, I can get through it too with Jesus. That's right. Amen. Amen. So let's introduce first off. This is uh, Pastor Mark. We call you Pastor. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I don't typically use that term. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> that's great. I typically use that term. A humble pastor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, then, and then we have Leanne, and they are the Trussells. Should we call you Pastress Leanne? No. No? Okay. A big no. No. <laughs> All right, so Mark and Leanne Trussell, they are our youth leaders at our church, and they have brought our youth to a new level. That's right. And they, they have created a, 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 new, a new name for it called Merge. Teenagers, and yeah. Exactly. So we're, we're just excited you guys are here. A little warm in here. We're gonna get through it though. So I'm good. But, so, hey, people didn't have air conditioning for years and years. That's right. <laughs> we can get through this. I got a boat to fan me with. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, I th Le Leanne, did you want to do you want to share your your testimony? Sure. I grew up in a family where my dad was a railroader, so we moved a lot, and. There was definitely pros and cons to that because you were always one to have to adapt and become okay with whatever situation you're placed in. So you learn to have friends quickly and you learn to be able to leave friends quickly. So we had that because back then I had an address book and some letters and stamps and because <laughs> you certainly couldn't call because that cost and that wasn't going to happen in my house um, but I learned to to adapt to that pretty quickly but my parents were my mom was saved first and then my dad was saved after that and my brother was actually the first one to get saved in my family but at the time we were in Billville Kansas and it was right during that Pentecostal movement that was going through and I just remember my house being so full of the Holy Spirit that it was like it, it would swell it would just like and it'd have this almost this frequency and I know that sounds weird but it ha it was like a frequency and it was like a beacon where you'd see the light on a lighthouse that would keep turning and 
literally the the first memories that I have is when I was young and I would wake up and there would be many people on the floor in the family room and in the kitchen that had come in the middle of the night seeking prayer and some of them were higher than a kite some of them were drunk as a skunk and others that were just scared and some had had thought about suicide and <clears throat> I grew up in that atmosphere so my mom was she just would turn and start turning on the coffee pot and start pulling out her Bible and her oil and here we go I mean this is this is the atmosphere that I grew up in and I just didn't realize that that wasn't normal because you don't know what other people have in terms of their households until you start going to their households yeah. you know so I felt very privileged in the church that we went to it was as if everybody it really was like the upper room it was like the second chapter of Acts Church in Billville Kansas and they were so full of the Holy Spirit and so in tune with what was going on at the time and I mean I knew every single Keith Green song there was and it just was something that we did mm -hmm. and my dad and I would sing he played the guitar had a beautiful tenor voice and and I would sing and so singing just singing and worshiping that was all a part of what we did and so when I was four I wanted to know Jesus and I knew exactly what I was doing and what I was asking for and not only did I accept the Lord but I was filled with the Spirit at four and I used to wow. say I was speaking in Spanish <laughs> so I would tell my mom that and 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 ironically enough God didn't stop there the giftings opened up in my life immediately and I began to see in the spirit realm and I could tell when and when angels were in the room and I could tell when demonic spirits were around and I could see them and I could tell people where they were and I could see who came in with one <laughs> and and who left with one and I remember it so vividly to this day and I can remember having a dream one night and I told my mom about it the next morning and I had gone to heaven and and I was able to describe heaven and I was able to describe the people that I saw and they were all ancestors of mine that I had never met before and I was able to describe them to a T and we didn't have pictures of these people yeah still four I can describe that vividly vividly wow. Wow. yes and I described her dad and I described neighbors and I described these people because I said I went to heaven and my mom's like, you did? <laughs> well, what was it like? And, oh, it was the greenest green grass. And I remember the sky was so blue. And I got to talk to so many people. Oh, you did? You know, it was all like that until I started saying names and describing them. And all of a sudden, Mom sat down at the table. <laughs> and she was like, wow. And then you start going to school and you start moving around and you start going to church and you start finding out that not everybody's like you. Not everybody's like your family. Not everybody believes. Yeah. And 
I think that what happened to me then is this journey of putting away some dreams, deciding that that was then and it's okay that it's not now. I think finding other people that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and really want to see God move, those people are few and far between. And it's unfortunate. And I think that that's why there's this new sense of hunger that's rising up and a new sense of almost like an army being assembled from different cities, states, countries, nations, backgrounds. And God's calling them to the essence of who He is. And not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the mm-hmm. Lord, becomes the, the decree that's the banner of how they minister to other people and how they get through life. So that was when I was four. And even though God used me and I could give lots of different scenarios, healings and so many awesome things and things I was spared from because I went to a college and literally the most rebellious thing I did was we were not allowed to wear mini skirts and I snuck out one night <laughs> in a mini skirt. College? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Like on one hand that's so sad. <laughs> on another hand, it's that's that's cool, you know. So I don't have this kind of testimony that's like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that, whoa. <laughs> but I do know that, that I have watched God's hand in my life. And what has happened for me is, like I said earlier, when we were talking off air, my testimony is a longitudinal testimony. So because I had roots as a young child, I'm able to draw from that even to this day. I'm able to go back and say, if you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you you're no respecter of person, you're and and even I would say in time, there no he's no respecter of time. So what he did for me then, he can do for me now. What he did back then to make a crooked road straight, he can do for me now, and he will continue to do for me. And that's where the trust in him is so easy, because I have that that base where I've watched him take care of me, I've watched him guard me, I've watched him um, bring me through some incredible things. I, I got my degree as a speech pathologist, and I remember working with all kinds. I was in the school system, but then when I had my second child, me, the speech pathologist, has a child who can't swallow and can't hear. And I had no idea there was anything wrong with her the whole time I carried her. So even when I had her in the hospital, they said, oh, she's fine, you just need to be a mom. And she'll be just fine. And y'all have seen her. And y'all know she's not just fine in the terms of normalcy and normal development. And I knew there was something wrong. I had a degree that told me there was something wrong. 
my child couldn't swallow. So for me to be a speech pathologist, working with with kids and with adults to learn how to swallow, to learn how to communicate, to learn, how to, you know, it's like, really? Wow. But it served me well because when they sent me home with her and she didn't know how to swallow, you turn into something that's going to figure it out in a hurry. Yeah. And so I was no longer mom. I was Leanne, the therapist that's going to figure out how to find somebody that can help me and keep her from drowning so we we did that and that took us down a journey of 12 plus surgeries and and to this day no diagnosis but she's 17 now and she can sort of kind of swallow i give her applesauce but Mm -hmm. that's her favorite thing in the whole wide world it's the only thing that she can swallow without things going awry either in her stomach or or in her throat and she gets tube fed the rest of her supplement she gets fed through her stomach she's in diapers she can't communicate and her hearing is severe profound so having that in my life has really given me the opportunity to understand God's plan and how he goes before and he prepares the way yeah. and you can trust him yeah. because I was prepared I didn't even know I was going to be prepared <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was prepared Who? and yet I still wasn't mm-hmm. I didn't know that she was going to be like that mm-hmm. and I didn't know that it really wasn't going to be okay years down the road but but Becca, we call it the Becca syndrome because we can't, we we don't know what it is. After, after many things, uh, we just kind of allow it to be what it is and love her, and that's that's the way it works. Yeah, and it became a testimony in the sense of all the hospital visits. My mom and dad, they're just. They're so amazing. And to grow up in that atmosphere of having God-fearing, spirit-filled parents that love you, I am so blessed because most people don't have that. That's not a norm. That's a few. And so to have that, especially in something like this, and they would relieve me and I would come home because I had another daughter. She was 17 months older and or 15 months older and her name's Sarah so you know they're only 15 months apart they don't seem like it now but but at the time I I had a lot mm-hmm. going on and my dad would come and he would take care of Becca and give me a break and I'll never forget that and neither will the doctors they loved how he was <laughs> my mom's health wouldn't allow her to come up and stay at the hospital like dad would but she had Sarah all wrapped up and with the bow on top you know <laughs> literally so they would come and help and do all these things and so I I just I was so grateful and and Becca started to kind of level off a little bit I mean we had a feeding pump and all that but things started to level off and I was trying to get her to where she wasn't on a pump and and then life turned again and I found out that my husband was not keeping his vows 
Not me. Not, not <laughs> him. Just to clarify. So that took a whole new level of trust because I had a very hard season of understanding how and why and what is happening and what is going on. And to add insult to injury, my dad was diagnosed with inoperable lung cancer. So it's during those times that I could look back and I could see what God did for me as a little girl. And so if he was the same then, He's going to be the same now. He's going to be the same tomorrow. And even though I can't trust the person I thought I could trust, I'm not going to let that interfere with the one that I have been able to trust Amen. my entire life that I remember. And so God once again prepared me. Having a Becca prepared me for the betrayal of my first husband and having that somehow prepared me for what was next which was losing my dad and the impact like part of me wished I wouldn't have loved him so much because then I wouldn't have hurt so much by losing him and that sounds so screwed up but but all of that was happening at the same time and I know that I would have taken my life had I not known the Lord. Because there was no, there was no hope for me outside of the Lord. Yeah. And yet none of that ever entered my mind. I woke up every day before my feet hit the floor. I woke up and I visually put on the whole armor of God and I put it on. I put on every single part and I watched it go on and I then my feet touched the ground because I wasn't going to allow the enemy to take me down and there were things that the Lord gave me during this time little nuggets of hope that I held on to and one of them was are you going to allow this to make you bitter or are you going to allow this to make you better that was huge that was huge for me because I was looking at all this, and there's a lot that I was not understanding. Because nobody had more faith than my dad, and nobody had more trust than I did in my husband. And I, for I just knew that this situation with Becca was going to turn around. So in those three instances, nothing worked out like I thought. So what do you do with all of that? And I don't know if I have the exact answer, but I can tell you that I give it. I give it to the one who holds me when nothing else makes sense. And so as I now enter the next phase of, of divorce and knowing that I'm going to be single, I have to realize I have three children. One of them with special needs. 
And that's probably not going to be something that somebody's going to say, I'll sign up. <laughs> Pick me. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> and so I had to make the decision that if I was going to do this, I was going to be okay with being alone. And I really was. I was okay with being alone. And we would pray the prayer of Jabez. And, and we would... Um, I would pray over the girls and I would pray over them every night. And one of the things that I would pray is I would pray for their mates that they be prophets, priests, or kings every night. And then I'd pray the prayer of Jabez over us. And then I'd pray the fruit of the Spirit over us. And on a really funny side note, they can, they can recite these. If you ask them right now, they can tell you. But when they were young, I used to say, I pray you work in all of us um, patience, gentleness, kindness, meekness, mildness, long-suffering, self-control, but most of all, peace, joy, and love. Sarah was probably two or three, and she was like, praying that and she was like I pray you work in all of us patience gentleness kindness weakness wildness I'm like no 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 weakness and wildness <laughs> and then that kind of became our joke after that I'm like no it's meekness and mildness Let's, do not flip those letters upside down but but God allowed that time my mom moved down and it was almost like a reverse Ruth and Naomi, where my mom became part of my people. And, and she left her life to come be a part of what I had on my plate. And I had to work, and I had these three kids. And, I, and the job that I found was an hour and a half away, one way. And for five years, I drove there five days a week and that was to Cleburne, Texas, to a nursing home. And the wind and the rain, and <laughs> I was like a, in the snow. Oh, I had several times where I got stuck down there, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's where God, in my opinion, because I have chosen to become better and not bitter from the things that have happened, um, God blessed me. And I met a little World War II vet that I fell in love with that wanted me to meet his son. And I figured he would look like him. And I was like, you're so cute, but you're like four foot nothing. And I'm five foot ten. And that's not going to work for me. Am I for somebody else? But then I met his son who's sitting on my right today. And I cannot believe the restoration that God has brought to me in, in so many ways and in so many levels D- down to little things that God knows about me and remembers he plays the guitar like my dad and he never got to meet him and when I saw him I heard him playing and I turned and I was like oh. <laughs> and it just blessed my heart yeah. who knew that? God knew that God knew that that's all we did was play the guitar and I would sing with them yet with his beautiful tenor voice and and I miss that so much and he can play like my dad and so just little things like that 
No. <laughs> I love you, but you don't have a beautiful tenor voice. <laughs> yeah, it's much lower. But God has been able to bring restoration to my broken heart, a restoration to the dreams that I thought that I was just going to have to put away. Because sitting beside me is one of the godliest men I've ever known. And, and he will go so deep in the spirit that it can, it could probably freak out a few people if they were in the area because they would know what he was doing. But he cries out to the Lord with such passion that it's arresting to somebody who's not aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, he doesn't care. You come in, you're going <laughs> to... You come in, then it's then it's all good because I'm going to be worshiping my God who saved me and set me free and and I get to have that now. I've always wanted that, but that was one of those dreams that I put away. And so the Holy Spirit has always been there for me. I've always been able to utilize it, but I've always done it either with my parents or in that setting or in this church service or or by myself, or, you know, you had these conditions. And now I have a soulmate. And it's absolutely incredible to see what God can do with a covenant marriage where they're both filled with the Spirit. You know what I'm talking about. I see y'all looking at each other like, we know that. (laughs) And and the, the depth and the width and the breadth of it is just, it's, it just really blows your mind. And so I am so grateful and I'm so appreciative because he took the he took me and he took these girls and you wouldn't know that they aren't his. That you wouldn't know. If you're around him, I mean, first of all you would swear that Logan is his because she <laughs> acts just like him. And Becca regards him like a father. And he regards her like a daughter. And that's exactly what Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And so to watch that play out in real life has just been, it, it's, it's such a blessing. I don't, I don't always get to talk about my testimony. And this is probably the first time I've actually gone through the whole longitudinal thing. It's probably some stuff he's never even heard before. But, but that's why my testimony is so long. And if somebody gives me five minutes, I... I'll just say I was saved as a kid. The end. (laughs) I'm still saved now. (laughs) We get get to get into the meat of it, which is just, I didn't know half this stuff. Most of this stuff. It's a journey of the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. And it's a journey. One of the things that he told me in the midst when everything was so rough, like, for instance, when my dad died, and his funeral was on a Friday. And we left on a Monday. I wanted to help my mom kind of try to do what I could before I left. That was in Oklahoma. Drove back down to Lantana. That's where we were living at the time. And literally drove to Sarah's school. I opened up the door. I got her shoes on her. And we went in for Meet the Teacher because she started kindergarten the next day. So I am sitting in the midst of this room of all these parents, all these moms, all these dads. I'm by myself because I'm separated. And I've just left my dad's funeral, the greatest man in my life. And I'm just like, 
how am I going to do this? And have a, ha have a happy heart <laughs> and a smile on my face because she deserves that. And I remember one morning, the Lord said as I was waking up, embrace the bit. And I was like, what? That's so strange. But it really started to make sense for me because when a horse embraces the bit and they don't bite it and they don't fight it, then whoever is leading the horse is able to lead it smoothly and easily wherever it needs to go. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> it was the most incredible thing. Like when I got it and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> Those are the kind of things that I have. And I have a book full of them. Little things that he would give me that I could write down and I would journal it just so I wouldn't forget it and I could go back and remember it because I'm that way too. I'm kind of, I, I'm a scribe and I won't, that's a whole nother show. <laughs> but, but I thank the Lord for this story, this journey. It hasn't been easy and it hasn't been fun at times, but it's been so full in the depth of my despair was the depth of his love for me. It's been full. And so that's kind of where I'm at. It's not even over, but <laughs> but, that's, but God that's is good. Awesome <laughs> you have so much more great journey ahead of you. Yeah. All of you do, mm -hmm. all of you do your whole family. Yeah. yeah. And then you got to get to branch out with your children, getting married. I know. You know no, I have a freshman in college, a freshman in high school now, and then Becca is Becca. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Typical middle child. They just right. do their own thing. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a what a great great testimony. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. You're welcome. Yes. We're not done yet. We're not done yet, everybody. We still have Mark trust to go. And well, he, his his journey is a little like mine, you know. Well, you didn't grow up in you didn't grow up in a Christian family. Well, um, like I was sharing a little bit just briefly before we got started, um, I remember as a as a young boy, around the age of eight years old, and that's just an approximate, being out back playing, you know, in the dirt, in the yard, and I could feel the hand of the Lord's. Uh, the hand of the Lord upon me at that time um, wasn't real sure you know what extent or what that was um, and I really wasn't raised in church I did have an uncle that was a Baptist minister that um, pastored a church a country church back out way out in the sticks I remember we occasionally would go out there my mom actually my mom would send me uh, with my aunt to vacation Bible school out there as a young boy and um, they never really went with me, but um, I remember it had an old outhouse out back, and they didn't have indoor plumbing or anything. Wow. It was wow. crazy, and that was in the '60s. Everyone had indoor plumbing at that time. That's how far out in the sticks it was, you know, out in the country. But uh, you know, I just, as a young boy, even at that age, I couldn't get enough of being around God or church i mean even on sunday mornings i would get up and i'd start getting dressed i'd pull my clothes down out of the out of the dresser and out, out of the closet and mom and dad would be like what are you doing they're fixing breakfast i'm going to church 
and I'd get dressed and I'd walk down the street a block or so and there was a little church down there next in my neighborhood and I would go to church there. I don't know. seems like it was a Presbyterian or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. But to me, I felt like I needed to be in the environment, right. you know, in the house yeah. of God. I didn't know anything about denominations <laughs> or stuff like that, but I knew God's hand was on me at that age. Now... I didn't get saved till later on in life, like in my earlier 20s. I was your typical teenager. I mean, I sowed some wild oats, well, maybe a lot of wild oats. <laughs> some is not quite there, but, uh, you know, a lot of wild oats. But I did, uh, a young man walked up to me um, on South Robinson Street in Cleburne, and I'm standing out front with a group of my, my homies. And I've got a cold beer in my hand, and this young man walks up to me and starts witnessing to me about Jesus. And all my buddies who were with me just knew I was fixing to punch him out. But there was something about what he said when he was telling me that Jesus loved me that connected with me. And I said, let's go somewhere where we can talk. I ended up giving my heart to the Lord that night. Mm. And then I started going to a little Baptist church there in Cleburne and got, uh, got, went down through their protocol. Right. Got baptized in water, but I still felt God's hand on me. I wasn't satisfied. I felt the pull for something more. And then I started a new job and my new boss picked me up one day on the job site and said, I want you to come riding around me. We're going to go look at some things. Long story short, he ended up inviting me to a revival that was going on at their church that night. <laughs> Just so happened it was a spirit-filled church. <laughs> and anyway, going through that first service there at their revival, I never looked back. I was like, this is what my heart is yearning for so that same revival I got filled with the spirit that week and I plugged in there and then the old pastor he was his name was brother Everett um, Charles Everett he was my mentor um, and I even went and talked to him many times And but I remember our first conversation I feel like the Lord wants me to do something extraordinary and I don't know how to do that you know and he said do you feel like you're supposed to preach I said well I don't know how to preach I've never been I didn't go to school for that you know he said I said but I feel like he's wanting me to do something and and help people I have a desire to help people anyway our whole conversation ended up being that I made the decision that yeah that's what it was he was calling me to do was to uh, for in the ministry and that scared me I left there and it's like I was telling you earlier I, I stuck my foot in and I pulled it back out and took three steps backwards no I'm not going that route I'm gonna go around this way you know and uh, anyway try to shorten it a little bit but I ended up um, surrendering to the ministry preached uh, preached my first message, which was a whole four and a half minutes, <laughs> it was it was amazing. You had to be there, but uh, but uh, I uh, it was insane. 
of course, then I made up my mind, Lord, you, you're not calling me to preach. No, I, that can't be right. Because see, I mean, that was terrible. Aww. You know, so I backed off the thought, but the call was still there. The pull was still there. The, the tug was still there. And, and I made every excuse in the world. I was like, God, I can't. I can't fulfill this. I mean, my heart... I knew at that time, really, my heart told me, I felt him telling me in my heart, I want you in full-time ministry. And we're talking back in the 80s, guys, you know. And I knew there was no way I could be in full-time ministry. I mean, here I am, a guy that's just a graduate of high school, a country boy. Half the time, I don't even talk right. <laughs> Most time I use poor grammar. Never had any type of education outside of a high school diploma. And then I see all these guys going to Bible college and learning to be ministers, which was great. and Something I wanted to do, I knew I couldn't. I knew my family couldn't afford that and I wouldn't even know how to pursue that. That's how, you know, backwoods I was, really. So, one day the Lord spoke to me, and this was after I was filled with spirit, and he said, I, I really want you to do this. I want you to pursue full-time ministry. And I'm like, Lord, I can't. And I gave him all those excuses why I couldn't, you know, the way I talk. And, you know, and even back then, and, and I'm missing a really critical point here. I need, And I just, the Lord brought it back to my members. I even stuttered really bad back then. It's particularly if I got nervous. Yeah. I would stutter really bad. Um, and then I use that as an excuse, Lord, you know. I mean, I can't even talk right. I don't use good grammar. I stutter. Yeah, Moses, Moses tried that excuse once. Right. And, That's what I was going to say. Did you think of Moses? And at the time, I didn't know. Cause I, I didn't have a lot of word in me at that time. I was, st I was still cutting my teeth. And, and I told Brother Aaron, I finally told him, I said, I want you to train me for the ministry the best you can. You know, I, I really want you to take me under your wing. I want to feel like the Lord is really wanting me to do this. And he spoke to me. I started to say it a while ago, and I, I took a rabbit trail there, but he spoke to me and said, I want you just like you are. Mm -hmm. I'm calling ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Hallelujah. And, and, Thank you, Lord. Yeah. But then again, I got scared again. <laughs> that scared me, and I backed up a little bit. But, uh, but, you know, I'm an analyzer. I've got to stop and process and analyze things. That's just the way my nuts and bolts are put together, you know, and the way I'm formed in my head. Uh, but I got to thinking about it and praying about it, and I began hearing his voice. And I first played it off as it was my imagination running away with me. But the, the more word I got in there, the more I started studying God's word, and really started praying. And I was excited that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to tell you, I was excited, but you know, early on as a young Christian, I played off the emotional side of that, you know, I mean, the excitement, the feel good, but later on as I got more God-wise, I guess, or more, um, um, as I matured, I guess, in the Lord, I began realizing it's way more than just the emotional side of it. You know, being filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, you, there's, and that's when, he started revealing to me, you know, the giftings and stuff he had placed in me. And then yeah. some of those and that we're just now even discovering, just yeah. as of recent, you right. know. 
that's it's mind-blowing and, and it took me all these years to get where we are now um, to learn that but um, right the more word I got in me as I studied this word I began realizing wow how critical this is for such a time as this you know as she said well ago really believe in this time that we're living in God's raising up an army an army of believers an army of ordinary mm -hmm. people to do extraordinary things yes, you know right. and it doesn't make any difference if you can't talk right it doesn't make any difference if you stutter it doesn't make any difference um, um, what you look like what your skin color is you know all he's looking for is a surrendered heart Right. And he'll do the rest. In a willing vessel. In a willing vessel, yeah. And he'll do the rest. Um, so I started, I'm going to back up a little bit, kind of got ahead of myself, but I started witnessing to my mom and dad. Started telling them, of course, they downplayed it. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things going to be, <laughs> you know, one of those things that the new wear off. Well, six well, months. Well, your dad was hurt. Yeah, I do have to back up. Dad was hurt very badly. He was, I was an army brat. He was a World War II veteran, and not just any World War II veteran. He did some pretty extraordinary things while he was over there, like a lot of men and women did. But um, um, he saw a lot, um, and his family was members of a, a local church, and he would write letters to the pastor you know, of that church asking, why is this happening? Why is God allowing these little children to be mutilated? Why is God allowing these innocent villagers to be tortured, mutilated, and killed and stuff? And he never got a return letter from that pastor, ever, ever. So he had one, he come home from the army. He was very bitter, had a very um, hard time I'm trying to cope with some things. He went into the workforce, went to work for the Santa Fe Railroad. So my dad was a railroader as well. And my dad was a railroader. And he worked for the railroad for 37 years before he retired. Wow. But I started witnessing to mom and dad during his railroad season. And and um, I, I didn't get very far because they downplayed it. and. Blew it off and like a fad. Huh? <laughs> like you had a fad. Yeah, like it was some kind of a fad I was going through, or, or yeah. something trendy now that would blow over after a while, you know. And uh, but it didn't, thank God. And uh, I knew that I'd got a hold of something that was genuine and was real. And uh, one day we got a phone call that Mom had been diagnosed with cancer not just any cancer but stage four cancer in and um, I immediately started calling everyone I knew you know I had our church I called my pastor first of all brother Everett we were in revival we had revival every time you shake a stick I mean if we had if the Holy Spirit moved in our Sunday evening service then at the close of that service he said by the way everybody be here tomorrow night we're launching revival God is good and we'd have 10 or 12 so revivals awesome. a year you know I mean I it's love just, that. I miss uh, that. power of God moved we had revival you know and um <laughs> So that's kind of, you know, where I cut my teeth. But anyway, we had the church praying. Uh, Pastor Everett had his ministers 
group praying. I called everyone I knew that were prayer warriors. And I kept telling Mom, you're going to get healed. This, is, this thing is uh, going to go away. It's going to dissolve. And anyway, she had to go down to Temple to Scott and White Hospital for something. I can't remember, but long story short, well, they got down there on a Sunday evening, and I remember she called me before church, so they were checked in their hotel. I was getting ready for church. I had four cell phones, and um, I said, uh, well, we're going to be praying for you tonight. I said, but I really want you guys to get in church somewhere. I want you to go to church service somewhere. And maybe when you get back, you can come be in church with us. We want to pray. I want to have the church pray for you. She goes, well, I am looking out the window here at the hotel, and there's a church right across the street. I still remember they were in a Howard Johnson's hotel, or motel, I think they called them back then. But she goes, there is a little church across the street, and there's this huge banner out front. In red letters, it says revival on it. I said, go. You need to go to that. I had no idea, but I knew. I had a check in my spirit. She needed to be there. So anyway, she convinced Dad to go. And uh, so they got dressed and went across the street. And and I got a phone call that night. And this was mid-'80s. Um, I got a phone call that night, and anyway, she, her, and Dad both give their heart to the Lord. That's awesome. Yeah. And Mom actually got filled with the Spirit when she wow. got saved. That's yeah. Wonderful. But one other thing we didn't know at the time, we didn't know till that next week. But not only did she, she went down to get in the prayer line. And, uh, I can still hear them telling the story. Mm -hmm. At the end of the too. service, they had I a got prayer. I got to hear it from his dad. <laughs> yeah, dad's told her that story. But uh, at the end of the service, mom just gets up out of her seat and starts walking down the aisle because they were having a prayer line because they announced anybody need healing, come down. And dad's like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. She goes, they said I can get healed. I'm going down there. I don't want this cancer. <laughs> you know? And, so and so she goes down there to get in line, and Dad's sitting back there, mad that she yes. did. He's angry. Yes, yes. Yeah. He's still bitter. Oh yeah, wow. he was still bitter because he being hurt. Yeah, he blamed. You know, uh, he still. I, I yeah. think he kind of halfway blamed God for everything. You know, but um, um, for what he's seen in the military and the war, and and, and then the pastor kind of uh, turned his back on him. I guess I don't know, but. Um, Anyway, she goes down and just when she gets up, her turn to get prayed for, the evangelist starts to step up to her and the power of God hits her and she gets slain in the spirit and falls over on the floor. Wow. Yes. They didn't get awesome. to pray for her. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and Dad said at that point, they her. Yes. They thought, he thought yes. they killed her. Yes. He said, these people are crazy. Oh, no. You know, they've done killed her. And so he gets up, and he was still kind of crippled up then because he was a paratrooper and stuff, and, and um, his knees and legs were messed up from jumping out of planes and, and stuff and, and what have you. And he gets up, and he managed, in, in his words, I moseyed down there. You know? <laughs> so he moseyed down the aisle according to him, and um, the pastor of the church walks up to him said, and patted him on his shoulder and he said, I looked over at his hand touching me on the shoulder and looked at him, you know, and he's still kind of, you know, 
trying to be about half cocky, you know. And then he heard mom start laughing and she is like, Jesus. Yeah, she was laughing in the spirit. <laughs> she was just talking to Jesus in English, of course, and then she'd start speaking. He said in a language, I don't know. He said, kind of kind of sounded like she was talking in Filipino to me, but I wasn't sure. It's been a while since I've been in the Philippines. But, would well, that have been something? Oh, my yeah. word, I know. Wouldn't and he said, uh, but she was laughing, and then all I could hear was her talking, and she would say Jesus every once in a while, and I knew then she would be okay. And he said, I gave my heart to the Lord that night, too, and all the bitterness and all the anger and the hatred melted off of him. I mean, just like hot wax, you know, like you melt a candle. Right. Anyway, I got a phone call after that service, and I'm telling you, we, thank goodness we were in revival, because if we were, we were fixing to start another one, you know, I tell you. But she ended up living, that was uh, probably another 22 years, you know, and served the Lord, and her and dad both did, and and it was just such a great time, you know, and then, you know, no one can ever tell me that God doesn't heal right? and won't heal. Or he will heal you if it's his will because I know better. You know, God yeah. will heal you. I mean, that's reason. It's reasons. always his it, will. Yeah, yeah. In fact, can I share a scripture? Absolutely. Uh, I've got yeah. a scripture here that um, that just spoke to me a while ago, and I've actually had it pulled mm-hmm. up because it's in part of my my teaching. Um said this comes out of Luke the fifth chapter said and it in, in the King James version I've actually got it in the King James version here I've got it in both in LT too but it says uh, and it came to pass when he was in a certain city talking about Jesus behold a man full of leprosy who seen Jesus fell on his face and besought him saying Lord if thou will thou can make me clean and he put forth his hand and touched him and Jesus said I will be thou clean and immediately the leprosy departed from him yeah so that's cool he said i will yeah and the man asked him if you're willing he said no i will Mm -hmm. heal you and it said immediately the leprosy left him so and then after what i seen mom go through i know he will yes i i there's no doubt in my mind and we've been seeing a lot as you all know a lot of healings in yeah. our church you yes. know jesus has been walking right up and down the, the aisles of our church mm-hmm. healing people you know yeah. we've seen some healings mm-hmm. recently you know mm-hmm. a young lady that was in a coma and pregnant with mm-hmm. on life support and pregnant with twins and yeah. now she made a phone call to her family the other night and talking to him on the phone. And they actually had to do brain surgery, didn't they? Yeah, they actually had to take part of her brain out from the aneurysm. That she, so, you know, God is still on the throne. Right. You know, absolutely. And she uh, made me think of uh, this scripture here and some of the things she was saying. And it's one that I've stood on for many years. Therefore, God exalted him. This is Philippians 2. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Talking about Jesus. And gave him the name that is above every name. Isn't that awesome? You stop and think about Marcus. God exalted Jesus to to the highest place and gave him the name of Jesus. And that name is above every name. It's above cancer. 
It's above diabetes. It's above. Um, um, it's above the sniffles. Heartaches. Yeah. It's above hatred. Burnout. The yeah. littlest thing yeah. to the biggest thing. Yeah, all absolutely. Under stripes. Spiritually, emotionally, yeah. physically. Depression. Mm-hmm. Jesus' name is yeah. above that. Mm-hmm. You know. His name is above Harvey. We always look and at Irma. the. Yeah, <laughs> even Harvey and Irma. Yeah. I mean, the hurricanes we just saw devastate our land. You know, his name is above all of it. Yep. You know, I mean, we always look at the worst case scenarios like cancer and hurricanes and stuff like that. But like you say, yeah, even the sniffles, yeah. even the allergies, yeah. even the eczema, you know, or right. poison oak. <laughs> that she that part about this is, is that so many people in churches don't understand the authority they have in Jesus' name. Exactly. They're not being taught this. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why our church, it's, it's so important. I love it because our church teaches this. Mm-hmm. On this show, we teach this. Yes. Yeah. We want the people to know when they give their heart to the Lord, the change that happens in their life is huge. Yes. They have the authority now that Jesus had when he was on earth. And Jesus even told us in the word that we would do even greater things than he, he would. Yeah. So we have to take the first step forward. The journey of a right. thousand miles begins with the first step. Right. And unless we take a, a step, we are not going to be able to take the next step. Right. We That's have true. to know what the Word tells us. Right. Amen. 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 You know what really fires me up about this scripture I just read? And it said, He touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And the Word said, and immediately the leprosy departed from him. And this other story that goes along with it, and what really fires me up about this, and said, as he traveled through Galilee, this is John 4, he came to Cana, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a government official in, a near, in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. And when he heard that Jesus had come from Judea, to Galilee, and I'm getting fired up. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> no, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son who was about to die. And Jesus asked, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? Yet the official pleaded, Lord, please, please come now before my little boy dies. And Jesus told him, said, Go back home. Your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said and started home. And that's the key to it. Mm-hmm. Believing what Jesus said. Right. Believing his word. And he went home and the man believed that what Jesus said and started home. And while the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive <laughs> and well. Praise God. And he asked them, when did the boy begin to feel well? When when did he begin to get better? And they replied, yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. Then the father realized that was the exact time that Jesus told him, your son will live. And he and his entire household believed in Jesus. Is that not cool? That is Jesus, right? <laughs> instantly, instantly, yeah. you know. And a, a word that the Lord gave me recently, just in the last week or so, and she's got it written down because she scribes everything. <laughs> and and it's, you would not believe the journal she's got, but um, she scribes everything the Lord gives me. But he told me we're in a season of suddenlies. We're going to begin, God's people is going to begin seeing 
uh, um, suddenlies happen where things will be instantaneously. You know, we've seen God heal, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, in so many ways. Sometimes they're instantaneously. Sometimes, you know, it's a process right. but they get here. But he spoke to me, said, we're going to begin to see. Well, because here's the deal. The enemy uses the process as a way to bring doubt. Because if you're healed of cancer, okay, but you're going to radiation and chemotherapy and, and, and which are all good things that God has allowed man to use. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying that there's doubt there because some people would think, right? well, yeah, yeah, God, maybe yeah that's mm -hmm. really cool. Maybe. Right. Yeah. If you pray for healing uh, of your headache, but you also took ibuprofen, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and if something happens suddenly, where are you going to put man then? Right. There's no it doubt. There's, man. It remo removes yeah. man completely. Mm -hmm. Not that the other isn't valid. Right. But for those naysayers, mm -hmm. it becomes a point at which they have nowhere else to turn but up. That's right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I think is cool about what you just said. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree 100%. And it really kind of goes along with uh, another gentleman in our church named Larry Fair. Years ago, he taught on a subject he's about there being a truth and then there's also the truth. The truth. I like that. A truth is, you know, yeah, I've got a headache. But the truth is, Jesus, by the stripes of Jesus, you have been healed. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to stand on? Are you going to stand on your ibuprofen? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to stand on the stripes of Jesus <laughs> and get instantaneous? Mm -hmm. And it's not always instantaneous, but the fact is, you know, we have to understand that we have been healed. Mm -hmm. We have to receive it. Right. You know? And, and I, I take medicine. I have issues that I take medicine. But every time before I do, I'm like... Lord, I'm not trusting in these pills. I'm trusting in mm -hmm. you, and you're working through them in me right, right now. But you're my healer. I am healed. That's right. So That's right. Amen. I believe in that. Mm -hmm. I believe in that, too. Mm. So I want to thank you guys so much for sh coming today and so much for sharing your testimonies with us. But this wouldn't be an episode of The Messengers unless we gave you, the listener, the choice to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior if you have mm -hmm. never done that before. So choosing Jesus as your Lord and Savior is the single most important decision you will ever make in your entire life. It's more important than, uh, like I always say, it's more important than the job you choose, than if you're going to college, then it's, it's an eternal decision. And, uh, but don't take my word for it, all right? Let, let's, let's see what the Word of God says. So in, uh, in Romans 10, verses 9 through 10, it says, uh, If you will confess Jesus as, as your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Then if you skip a couple lines down to Romans 10.13, it says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And that whosoever is every single person out there. That's right. Yes. It's everybody. By God's grace, He has made it simple and easy for everybody. You just need to receive, believe it and receive it. Believe what Jesus has done and okay. receive it into your heart. It's a heart, uh, it's a heart thing. Mm -hmm. So if you are ready to believe and receive and change your eternal destination, I would like for you to pray this prayer out loud with me. 
You don't have to scream it, but you need but say it out loud. Don't be ashamed and receive it in your heart and believe the words that we're about to say. Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead. By faith in your word, I receive salvation now. By faith in your word, I receive salvation right now. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen. And if you have just prayed that prayer, we want to encourage you. Don't just stop there. You can't just say that prayer and not drown because the enemy is, is you've got a target on you back right now. And the enemy is going to want to come after you and make you believe that the things you just said were not true. Mm -hmm. But if you said those and meant those from your heart, your, your eternal destination has been changed. So, But we want to encourage you to get in touch with us. And we would love to help you in any way that we can to help you grow. If you don't have a Bible, we will get you a Bible and send it to you. Any materials. So if, if, if you need those kind of things, just go to our website at themessengersradio.com and you can click on the Contact Us button. And under that, you will get a, a little form you can fill out. And once you s fill that out and submit it, it will go to both Tricia and myself. And we will get back to you as soon as we can. We, we, we normally didn't take very long at all for us to get back to you. But we want to welcome you. If you said that prayer, we want to welcome you to your new life. And uh, just we want, to, we want to praise God with you because there are angels in heavens that are rejoicing right now because of the decision you've just made. That's right. So until next episode, guys, we thank you so much for listening and hope that you have been blessed by today. Thank you, Mark and Leanne. We appreciate oh, you all. It's our privilege. <laughs> We've enjoyed it. We'll see you later, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Messengers today. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you and that it's encouraged you to go out and read the Bible to find out who you are and what the Bible says about you. You can join us on our website at www.themessengersradio.com for previous episodes. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. Simply look for Messengers Radio. 